Hi there, welcome to Map to the Stars. My name's Jeremy. And I'm Michelle. And this is the podcast where we look to the stars abroad in Hollywood and above in the night sky. As your filmy chartographers, we'll be diving deep into and comparing and contrasting the astrological charts with the filmic work of many diverse talents, directors, screenwriters, and actors. Essentially, Michelle and I, your lovely co-hosts, will be pairing astrology with film. Nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, this is our uh, primer get to know us episode. We're going to be sharing our astrological charts, uh, our favorite films as well right now, just for a short, fun little episode uh, to get everyone primed into this podcast, into this fun journey that we're going to partake on. Before we do that, um, just to go over a little bit of the astrological side of the podcast and kind of what we'll be looking for, we'll be using Western astrology. Um, and like Jeremy mentioned, we're going to be taking the natal chart of different directors, uh, looking at their different planets and what signs they fall in, what houses they fall in. We're also going to be looking at the different aspects that show up within uh, these directors or actors or personalities, birth charts, and kind of see the conflicts that might arise in their personal lives um, and the energy that's not always in harmony between different planets or different ideas right. and how that shows up in film. We're using Western astrology, which is, um, I think, the most prominent in our society. It definitely has the most like Instagram accounts around it and apps. And, exactly. Uh... <laughs> exactly. So uh, many should be familiar with it. You know, your sun sign, you know, based What's on your birthday. What's the other kind of astrologies? There's Vedic. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but... So maybe just leave that out. But there is a, there are <laughs> with a D types. or like two T's. Uh, D. Nice. Yeah, it's like Asian. Let me look it up right now. Mm -hmm. Can I keep going? Yeah, of course. The way I originally explained it to Jeremy because he's not as familiar with astrology, and I'm to be too dumb. For it. <laughs> to be very honest, it's something I'm not obviously a pro at. I'm just learning, and I'm curious. Yeah, so it's I'm, a, but it's a passion, and I mean, it gives you plenty of joy and there's like, just so much to learn about yeah. in terms of astrology how much on a day-to-day -day basis when you do check it does it give you a little bit of direction does it give you a little oomph in your stuff when you when you go yeah i will treat myself today i mean i'm not i'm being so i'm being so <laughs> skeptical i'm being like really dismissive of it which is not fair i think you were even i mean we've already recorded our first episode and you were surprised at how much links up I know. In it. I know. But I guess I'm not using it to look for guidance necessarily um, or what to do on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of cool when you see something and it does line up with how you're feeling that day or, or what you're doing. The way I initially explained the kind of um, planet, zodiac sign, house system to Jeremy is that the house is kind of the framework. The sign or the zodiac is the trait or the quality and the planet is the expression of that. Um, so we're kind of putting the three together. Oh, Jeremy, a light bulb his just, light went, just off. went off. <laughs> Anyone who's listening, uh, if they just got it, I just got it too. <laughs> expertly explained. Thank you. Thanks. So I've read a couple books and I probably plagiarized my a couple eyes, books. My so eyes actually lit up. 
But beyond wow. that, so looking at the expression of that um, and those traits or themes within a movie, but also looking at aspects, um, positive or negative energy between planets and those signs and those houses and where that might show up in films. Um, I think we touched on this a little bit in our first episode, which you haven't heard yet because but it's good to reference it. It's episode. good to reference it like a Nolan flick. I you got to go back. You got to go back. We're leaving like little breadcrumbs. So nowhere we mentioned it in the thing that we recorded before, but it's going to come out after. Yeah. Jeez. But astrology is really the study of archetypes. Um, and if we're talking about archetypes in films, we're kind of aiming to understand the directors from a psychological standpoint, because Every movie contains archetypes in some way, shape, or form, and every movie yeah. contains conflict. So looking at those aspects and the different planets, the different signs is a good way to recognize, um, you know, different archetypes and conflict between themes, conflict between ideas uh, and whatnot. Yeah, there's big, grand, you know, mega narratives that a lot of films, I mean, genres exist those are archetypes in themselves, right? A way exactly. to frame the film that you want to make. Uh, if you want to make a movie about morning, um, you know, not not I don't mean daytime and morning. <laughs> I mean morning, you know, the loss of a relative or something. But it might be in a horror movie, hereditary. Let's say, right. you know, those are archetypes that they're trading in where there's suspense and it's dark and you get the haunted house kind of thing. But then. I don't know, the traits and the story and everything. There's just smaller, there's positive and negative energy in there yeah, as well. So it links up, you know, as much as I can be a bit of a skeptic with this kind of thing, <laughs> it links up for sure because... Or we, we're hoping it does. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, for sure. And it will be interesting to see when it doesn't, when when maybe the director is betraying their own astrology. I mean, you know, if they're not linking up with it and if they're not even following it, then fine. But uh, yeah, we're hoping that that can guide us to follow their work and figure them out a little bit more. So Of course. Yeah. There are a lot of directors we've noticed as well um, that don't have really accurate birth times. So we don't have the, right. the full picture of their natal chart, and that's okay. Um, we'll get there. Um, I think it would be cool in the future too to branch off from natal charts specifically and mm -hmm. just looking at the general transits that are occurring um, during the time of a movie's release because that can be – um, it can have a big impact on right. just the ideas or the themes, again, that are present in a movie. So um, maybe touching on that in future episodes as well. Um, I think I also would note that, like we mentioned, astrology is a big world. People go to school for it. People mm -hmm. are professionals um, in the area. And we are not. We're no. definitely not professionals. No. And, you know, this is a very kind of creative analysis. So... There is going to be a lot of creative interpretation to what we're talking about, <laughs> and it might not be right all the time. Flexible but... interpretation is exactly. the uh, theme subject line. Can you add taglines for your podcast? <laughs> it won't be like human study or like human yeah. interest. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just be flexible interpretation. We'll so. try not to outright be wrong. But it might be a stress. <laughs> I mean, it's just opinions. Are opinions wrong? They, opinions can't be I wrong. Uh, no. Um, I always want, like, can astrology be wrong? I guess you can be off. You can be way off. You can be way off. But if it's in the film, I mean, uh, you had a pretty nutty professor. Oh, boy. Not, no <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> I don't think we'll be looking at Eddie Murphy anytime on this. Not yet. Um, yeah. So we're going to be looking at Shrek on the next episode. <laughs> Mike Myers. <laughs> Thank you. That was off mic. Um, <laughs> 
Anyway, should we get into it? Big pause. No, 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 no. This, this can be cut it out. Um, I was just going to... Oh, you had a pretty weird professor, though, um, that said you can interpret anything you want in any film ever. You yeah. can read any film, which was kind just... Kind of the idea that, like, the director's intent you know it's almost irrelevant yeah, it's it, completely no, irrelevant no not at all you have to put it in context you know you can't only you can't dismiss an entire movie's theme or motif mm-hmm. or something by looking at one particular scene and that will be tricky because i think that it's easy to especially so so on my side it's especially easy to see how one theme potentially you know in that positive energy or how the one sign is interacting with the house and Mm -hmm. uh clearly you can tell i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) but when we do try to explain it you know it will be it will be enticing to try to explain away and see that oh this one particular scene explains this part of the astrology and that is a little too simple and we do want to look at their films in their context yeah at the time of their release and at the time of you know, what was happening in the director's and the actor's life, right. et cetera. So, uh, but on my side, um, including not just looking at one scene, but a whole movie and a whole slew of movies, is that I will be looking at the films themselves and how they're constructed and and their form and their style. Um, you know, the plot in it and how it's plotted or... Um, <laughs> shit. Plotted. <laughs> um I'll be looking at the plot and I'll be looking at the uh, style and the, the, the technical elements, uh, you know, the editing, the cinematography, the blocking of each shot, and even the mise-en-scene and everything, you know, colors in the movie, color schemes. This is all really important and this can lead to more thematic relevance mm-hmm. and context, really. These are all just contextual details to give us a grander picture of, uh, of the motion picture, but then also the director. Um, themselves so these traits these characteristics these trends uh they're relevant not only to the film but also to the astrology it's it's exactly the same these traits um and the aspects as you're talking about so they they hopefully will link up i mean that's the point of the podcast (laughs) so um yeah which we do now do you want to talk about our charts yeah the fun part the fun part the easy part for now yeah so let's start with you oh boy (laughs) i'm a libra jeremy's son is in libra in the third house which is the house of communication um do you know do you know what that means well that all makes sense that i'm in the house of communication oh boy (laughs) don't cut this out this is adorable okay so no tell me we'll just talk about the big three so the big three are your most personal which are sun moon and your ascendant so We'll start with sun. Okay. So the one you most likely know is like your daily horoscope. You know what I mean? That kind of pop culture. It's the ego, right? Exactly. Yeah. Good on you. I got a computer in front of me. I'm cheating. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it represents your ego, yourself, um, your main concerns. Um, So your sun is in Libra. Uh, Libra is ruled by Venus, which is the planet of love and beauty. But Libra is also represented by the symbol of the scale. So fairness and... That's all I know. Yeah. Balance is always just the key buzzy word that I use. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So some of those um, key attributes would be that you're very fair. uh, You're collaborative with that Venus energy. You're also very tasteful. Um, Let's hope. Let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) And in Venus, there's also um, a lot of creative energy as well. So art, beauty, 
um, you have a lot of creative endeavors. So I think well, that makes you. sense. Um, and then, yeah, in your third house, which is the house of communication, which means that you distinguish yourself through the things you're familiar with and your knowledge. And I think that's oh boy. something yeah. that's very true as well. I mean, well. it's the only thing, it's the only reason why we're recording this right now, I think. Because <laughs> you know a lot about movies. So, so, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so what would you say? So I, I, I guess I would be, am I trying to communicate with others through my creativity or something? Is it my creative endeavors that I then communicate, you know? Or am I bridging too many things? They don't always link up exactly like that. Well, I mean, linking that, I think... Taking that angle, just look to your moon. So your moon represents your emotions. Um, your moon is in Capricorn, but it's also in the fifth house, which is the house of creativity. So your moon, oh, wow. it just means that okay. you find a lot of comfort and emotional security and safety um, through your creative self-expression. This pause is intentional. <laughs> That's very true. That's so true. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. She's told me this stuff before, but it's still like, like I'm not. I'm being genuine. It dawns on me each time that I go, like, yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not too far off. And just to wrap up your moon. So your moon is in Capricorn. Um, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, which is the planet of responsibility, of structure, of mm. tradition. Um, in that way, um, it's a very kind of exactly what I said, like restrictive sign. So. I would say that your emotions in that sense are often repressed. Um, would you say? And very serious. Ah, <laughs> or would the astrology say? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you can be very, you're not very openly emotional, that's for sure. But <laughs> Sometimes. yeah, it's maybe not restricted necessarily um, to a large extent, but I think you're definitely. I've definitely thought about, you know, how I can create barriers for myself. If not emotionally with others, just emotionally with myself or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. In, a, in in large part, you know, films are a great way to get to know myself better. Mm-hmm. You know, the more films you watch, the more you know your own tastes and your own interests uh, and what really affects you, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I know that I can't do a yearly screening of Schindler's List. <laughs> right. Because that sort of torment and like... I mean, the unfairness of it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're speaking to that and everything, how it's just cruel. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense. There's just, you know, that sort of history to it and the portrayal of it. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is sort of, yeah, off topic. But I mean, sort of trying to just bridge it all back that, you know, films are maybe a way for me to break down my barriers in in some small ways, right? So it kind of communicates, it is able to communicate some ideas that maybe I'm not able to access through that so mm-hmm. okay and then what's the last one i'll save our ascendant for last because we actually share the same ascendant so it'd be kind of cool to talk about that i totally knew that yeah for everyone who's listening <laughs> um my chart i feel like i've always wondered if mine lines up as well as as yours maybe my mom's gotten my uh, birth time wrong or something <laughs> who knows God forbid. Um, <laughs> my son is in scorpio again in the third house you have a like- son i didn't know this the stand-up power. So <laughs> I take the mic into my hands. All right, everybody. Oh, boy. Uh, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my son's in Scorpio in the third house, which is the house of communication. Scorpio is a very strong, intense, intense, right. powerful sign. I and that. I think you could speak to my personality better than I could because I sometimes just 
don't understand myself, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not an intense person, I don't think. You know, N- yeah. no, you're not dark. I don't right. think. Right. So Scorpio is ruled by both Mars and Pluto. Um, Mars, there's a lot of power and aggression in that planet, and then Pluto uh, has to do with transformation, life, and death. So a lot of the qualities um, that are associated with Scorpio are very mysterious, powerful, intense, like ob- obsessive almost. Yeah. Um, I've never really identified with that side of things. Um, It's the same with communication, um, distinguishing myself through my knowledge almost, which I don't identify with as much as you do, but maybe some of that's still there. I think we've had pretty good, not debates, but conversations where you're pretty resolute and, and I think not aggressive or obsessive, but you... I think you know your own opinions. You're pretty sure of yourself, even in many ways that you don't think so. And I think it's it, it's tough for anyone to think that they know themselves really well. You know, you always say, oh, she knows me better than I do or they know, you know, that kind right. of thing. But yeah, I think that you do know yourself and you have your pretty, you have set ways mm-hmm. for sure. And it's sometimes you're stubborn. Maybe that's yeah, what I'm saying. All these words I'm sure. trying to say is that you're stubborn sometimes for sure. Huh. Um in the best ways. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, in the best ways. And I mean that in terms of knowledge and in terms of sort of a power and in, in what you know and, or what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> this is a loving episode. <laughs> um, I'll go on to my moon quickly. My moon um, is in Sagittarius. Sagitt- Sagittarius is – oh, my God. You can just say Sag for short. Yeah, I'm going to say Sag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My moon is in Sagittarius, or Sag. Hey. Sag is uh, ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet um, of luck, expansion, adventure. Um, maybe you'd identify adventure more with Sagittarius, but um, it's also in my fifth house, which is the house of creativity. So I do identify with that kind of adventurous, curious uh, nature um, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a, the big way I, that I identify with Sagittarius and that, similar to you, find great comfort and security in creative work or um, expansion and learning. Um, so I do identify with that one. And, and sort of, you know, a growth in productivity. You know, the more projects you work on, the more you learn and, and sort of really sink yourself into your work you know, growing as a person. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that I find a lot more satisfaction in work when it is creative or it is. Let's hope. Yeah. I hope a lot. I hope a lot of people feel that way. Work sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Work's good. Um, But we do. They're not listening. (laughs) They're not not listening. (laughs) Work blows, dude. Don't worry about it. Well, let's hop to our ascendant um, because we share the same ascendant and we've both questioned this one as well. Um, But your ascendant kind of represents your mask or the way others see you. How you, oh, okay. It's not how you project yourself or kind of is that. It kind of is, but I think it's it's more so like the impression people have of you. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So we both share um, the ascendant uh, in Leo. Okay. So Leo uh, is a fire sign. Um, it's very energetic, enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. It's ruled by the sun. So it's the ruler of ego and self-expression yeah. of just general <laughs> self. So some um, so some qualities that go along with Leo, uh, loyal, dramatic, proud, like I said, energetic. 
And maybe that's the way we come. Yeah. That's how we come across other people. If we're going with the whole sun fire uh, totem, you know, you could Mm. just go like sparks. There's sparks of that. There's like little cinder blocks. Right. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. But but I think that, yeah, no, there's flashes of energy from both of us too. We're we're both just extremely introverted people. You know, it's a spectrum, of course, but Mm -hmm. we're, we're pretty far into the introversion uh, specs, <laughs> those yeah, tech know, specs of introversion that will have great big flashes of energy, uh, but then we'll come right back down. To, but I know with you in social settings, you're very outgoing and you're very talkative. And it's tiring as yeah. well. It totally, <laughs> it wipes me out. But yeah. I can see how people would perceive that that's how you are all of the time. <sighs> That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. No, I know, I know. And and that's what I get too because um, – I know that there's, I was reading a little bit of that. Yeah, the magnetism to it and the Mm -hmm. bright sort of colorful, where does it say this? It says that you may seem like a know-it-all or a life of the party. Life of the party. And that's where where I go, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of the time it's represented by the lion. So just think of the qualities that you associate with a lion. Yeah, I've never associated. The line, the witch of the wardrobe, I'm the wardrobe. <laughs> I just stand there, especially now getting older or something too. You know, right. maybe, I mean, I didn't go to that many parties in high school, but <laughs> no, I get that. You know, I get, I get wanting to sort of perform a bit at a party and sort of project. That's where, that's where I was thinking of, is it the projection of yourself and sort of, you know, you know, you, you wonder, is there anything in here that's about the what you think others think of you? I guess I would show up in your emotions um, under your moon. Yeah, true. Depending your feelings, on, yeah. Right, right. So if there's anything lacking in that house area that kind of contains what makes you feel comfortable, then that would be a good indicator of what makes you insecure as well. Right. What makes you feel insecure. So for us, if you're, I guess let's just take creativity. If someone's, yeah, questioning your your creative endeavors or your creative work then yeah. that would be a big source of insecurity for you i know with some of your tasks that you feel like it's <laughs> not good enough right well so that yeah is a big yeah source, self-criticism source. for sure for sure yeah i mean it's this it's this conflict that uh it's this conflict that's real and i mean if you can see it in ourselves then hopefully we can sort of read as much into it for you know for the purpose of this podcast for the creative minds behind these films that we're going to be looking at uh and and and, you know planning into the future where there is this conflict between being actually pretty terribly insecure and uncomfortable in social situations and almost overperforming as a result uh not to get too real right now but that's 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 i think one of the biggest for me where i go like man i feel like i'm just too loud right now because maybe the more i talk i mean look at me now you know the more i (laughs) the more i talk the less comfortable uh less uncomfortable i am i'm not sure but um that was fun Do you want That's to go good. to movies now? Uh, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> next favorite uh, theme or subject to, uh, you know, psychoanalyzing myself. I mean, not that we're going to like go hard and connect the films we like, the films we l- enjoy to our birth charts because. Oh, I haven't done that math. That? I haven't done I that math. But no. just what are, uh, what if you could give me your top three favorite movies? Or I knew exactly. I knew you were. Oh, directors is an interesting thing. I knew you were uh, gonna ask the top three or whatever. And for sure. For me, and this is where what does it say? Yeah, Ascendant Leo, first house. I might seem like a know it all, <laughs> but but I don't. You know, Sometimes. it's so it's so hard to pick. 
just three or something. And like, I don't really believe in favorites, Mm -hmm. but three movies based on the frequency that I've watched them. Mm -hmm. uh, And then I could just go back to, and they're like comfort, you know, they're bath movies. You just sit in a bath Mm -hmm. and watch the movie or you feel like you're sitting (laughs) in a bath watching the movie. Based on sheer amount of watches would be The Social Network and Jurassic Park. I couldn't even name the director of The Social Network this morning. I don't – don't admit that. <laughs> no, I'm the just amount kidding. of times you've talked about it. <laughs> Fincher and Lynch are close. No, they are too close. Sometimes. It's the NCH. Inch. Just, the inch of it. They just both get kind of spooky sometimes. You just can't get an inch on either of them. <laughs> they both get spooky sometimes. Interesting for Finch. If I, start, if I start saying, <laughs> yeah, it's a perfectly creepy movie too. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I think that, um, and and so those are the two. And then the third one would be, I think actually in the mood for love, which if I want to admit something, I didn't get your pun I, the other mm-hmm. day about in the mood for love. So, you know, we all have <laughs> insecurities. <laughs> um, astrology. My goodness. No, I think, that, you know, I don't know in terms of astrology or anything, but the social network is so it's like a per, it's a movie with perfect pitch. Nothing in that movie plays out of each other's harmony with it. It's just it's like a puzzle piece in each a film is definitely like a puzzle and and each scene and, and and sequence, you know, fits in perfectly well, you hope. And I think the social network is, you know, if it's if that exists, it's a perfect movie. Everything is so perfectly calibrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also, in, I think, you know, the calibration of the action in Jurassic Park is also perfect. It's just, it just works so well. Um, and it's a movie that's stuck with me since I was a kid. It was just the first movie besides The Phantom Menace <laughs> that I got absolutely obsessed with. And I would watch it when I got, came home. Uh, it would just be on in the background or I would just go in and watch it. Yeah, I've right. seen Jurassic Park. Just for like ballpark over 200 times probably. It's a lot. You know, and I watch it every year now. But yeah, as a kid, I went nuts for it. And In the Mood for Love, I think really, I've thought about this a little bit. Because again, I knew you were going to say top three. And it's so tough to pick any because then you sort of uh, immediately put yourself in a box for like what kind of film viewer or like what kind of taste you have. Oh, seriously, you're mine. Um, They're all good. Yeah, (laughs) movies are great. They all rhyme with Shrek. (laughs) 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 <laughs> no, no, no. So In the Mood for Love, I think, says uh, a lot without saying, how do I want to say this? You're a Libra. That's the You're sort of very thing. romantic. Well, yeah. it's It says a lot without saying any of it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, it says a lot through movements and looks and glances. And, you know, half of acting is through the eyes. More than right. half is through the eyes. So so it's really just through these, the, the editing and the, and, the, and the silent long pauses, you know, the spaces in between talking. I think are the most important to that movie. So for a person that talks maybe too much, there's a lot of beauty and poetry in, in watching, you know, and, and the social network's the complete opposite of it. Right. They say so much and they mean so much of it. And it's yeah. like, again, perfect pitch, the, you know, musical dialogue of Sorkin, that very um, stereotypical thing to say about him, that, that praise, praise to throw on him. But on the opposite end, In the Mood for Love says a lot in between the, uh, conversations and, and and short talk between the lovers and that movie's great. I just love it. So yeah, I don't know what the hell that says about me. But what are your favorite oh movies, goodness. Michelle? I'm not gonna talk about this nearly as eloquently as you could. Um, I think I stuttered quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, but I just go. I like this movie. Shrek from 2000. <laughs> no, 2001 a Shrek Odyssey. All right, go ahead. It's good. Don't. <laughs> when I've kind of like looked at. 
the movies that define that have defined my life so far, a lot of mostly my childhood, they all fall within like five years of each other, like the earliest being 1996, maybe up to 2001. Good year or something like that. Good years. It's just they're all squished into that little five year period. So the first movie, I mean, I've made Jeremy watch this finally, but that really defines my youth is Josie and the Pussycats. It's good. Like though. I went out. And it's a cult movie now. I know. It's fantastic. I went out as Josie for Halloween one year. My mom made me put on um, this puffy winter jacket because Have it was I seen so that picture? cold. No, because I didn't take any pictures because you couldn't see my costume. I went as Austin Powers. Is that also from 2001? No, I'm an idiot. I'm the biggest <laughs> idiot in the world. Of course it's not. 96, International Man of Mystery. No, oh, I went okay. as Austin Powers and I wore a coat. It was freezing. It sucked. It did. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Everyone has to have one like that. But Josie, specifically, Ugh. it's just, it's such a family-friendly, um, it's just incredible movie to watch when you're a kid and you just want to be a rock star. But upon watching it when you're older, uh, you realize, you realize the soundtrack slaps. It's fantastic. Phenomenal. It's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> we own it on vinyl. We own it on vinyl with like a seven-inch du jour. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a pretty dopey film viewer, but yeah, it's talking about like subliminal messaging and very blatantly, blatantly yeah. to like a Which bunch of children who watch the movie as I did and have no idea what you're talking about. And then you watch it when you're a little more competent and a little more intelligent okay. and you go, this is like, this is a pretty smart and fun movie. Doesn't get enough credit as like a really smart satirical or just a smart satire. Right. Yeah. Incredible movie. We're without words to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Like I no, said, no, I love I'm it too. As honestly, as explaining my picks, Wedding Singer was another biggie. That was one of the first movies I remember watching when I was just a bit older, and I just thought it was the best. I guess it was the Adam Sandler like Barrymore duo. Yeah, I got really into. But yeah, it was funny because I was a kid watching him scream bullshit and Billy Idol's there and I have no idea who he was but it's just a it's just a very fun like just another fun movie that I've watched so many times you can't go wrong you can't go wrong uh and then the last which I've talked to you about enough times but Drop Dead Gorgeous and you've never seen it no no I have an aversion to uh pukey scenes like I, I know, covered my eyes there's a pretty like wicked pukey scene in that I movie. love the use I love the use of the word wicked <laughs> Now I want to watch it. It's the most some wicked vomit phenomenal mockumentary um, that you could ever watch. And I, I don't know, just that whole pageant. It's world. a wait. It's a mockumentary. Yeah, like they're addressing the camera. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're like. I thought it was like just this... another satire. You are no. crazy about satires when I think of it. I think you're. You know. Never mind. Never mind. It's it's it is a weird thing. Not to like psychoanalyze it and totally take it off track, but you like why wouldn't you want to be a rock star punk pop? You know, because you you loved Avril Lavigne, <laughs> and that speaks to the Josie thing and everything. Right. Where it's this punk attitude, girl mm -hmm. punk attitude. But there's a satire bend to it. The Wedding Singer is a satirical rom com in a lot of ways too, because it just sort of like bucks a lot of those trends and right. plays into it. Your satire fiend. <laughs> Potential. Yeah. But yeah, jam-packed cast as Kirsten Dunst, Denise Richard, Kirstie Alley's in it, Amy Adams. Allison Janney? Is she in it too? Didn't you say she's in it? No. Well, Brittany maybe. Murphy's in it. Oh, oh Allison Janney is in it. Stacked. Yeah. yeah, she is. Stacked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are my picks. And I think Great they're pretty picks. representative of like 
who I am. No, I think, well, it's cohesive. There's a theme yeah, there. Yeah, there absolutely is. Uh, just... <laughs> just giggles and laughing. <laughs> yeah, just having a good time. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, more cohesive than I am. You'll notice, you'll notice on this podcast that I hog the mic only because I don't know what I'm saying. And Michelle will just come in with like, boom it would just be really succinct <laughs> she knows what she's but saying but i really also don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> but trust us that we know what we're talking about about these things man um i think that gave you like a good i hope that gave you like a good sense of what we're going for here <laughs> are you talking directly to the viewer right now yeah and by viewer i mean listener yeah perfect yeah <laughs> seeing with your ears yeah, well, that's the gist. Uh, we'll see you with our mouths next episode. Did you like that? I did. But before that, I'm going to say something. Okay. Um, just as we all go on this astrological journey together, um, if you've ever read The Stars Within You, which is a modern guide to astrology, it's by Juliana McCarthy. That's where I got a lot of, and I will be using a lot of like the kind of descriptors and the qualities of different things because it's just the most straightforward, easy to digest book about <laughs> astrology basics. So... Yeah, I think that's a good like intro if you're ever interested in getting into fun, yeah. into the astrologies. Homework. But fun. <laughs> you have reading for this week, but fun. Yeah, um, this has been our weird, awkward, uh, get to know us and uh, get to know each other a bit better on mic episode. Oh, we thought it was going to be 10 minutes. Can we, can we, yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll label that also on uh, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera. That will be the get to know us, awkward silence kind of the thing. The whole title. That'll be the whole title of it. Characters. Um, how many characters? Is it like a tweet? You can only have like 140. Probably. Who cares? No one's listening anymore <laughs> right now. <laughs> so this is the end um, of this primer episode. Oh, jeez. Hello, darkness. <laughs> Um, so the next episode, we're going to be doing a two-parter. Uh, and again, this has been recorded after the fact. So we have a little weird sort of chronology where we don't know that we're recording the first part of an episode and we're all splitting it up and everything. But we got the first part of a Spielberg breakdown. It's a Fiverr primer, a lot of primers. Fiverr primer. Um, and on that episode, we take a look at his, obviously his astrological charts, a couple themes that play out. And those films that we're looking at, are the Sugarland Express, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and E.T. He's uh, he's 24 years old when he's making Sugarland, and y- you couldn't tell. He's such like, look, he's better than us at uh, films than we are at hosting. Uh, no, no, <laughs> he's just so self assured. So it's a it's a really those are five great films to start with. Uh, I I hope. And looking yeah. on this. And and for both of us, you know, Spilly's just the best. I mean, I love Jurassic Park. So there you go. Um, so thank you for listening. And thanks to Jacob Anstey for all the music in this episode. Um, you're the best. Everyone who listened is the best. And Michelle, you're the best. <laughs> you're the best. Okay. Bye. Bye.